This episode is supported by Bounty Kitchen, one of my absolute favorite Seattle restaurants. Bounty Kitchen is no joke, an extension of my own kitchen, except that there's so much fresh, local, organic, and tasty stuff on the menu that it takes me forever to decide what I want. The good news is you literally can't go wrong. Check out greens, beans, and grains dishes like the braised beef bowl, or dive into the vegan and dairy-free Marrakesh market bowl, or try one of my personal favorites for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the hot liquor bowl. There are also soups, salads, sandwiches, scrambles, and of course, toast, all infused with the deep love and commitment of founder and co-owner and my friend Meg Trainer and her team. Visit Bounty Kitchen at 7 Boston Street in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood or at 801 Lenora Street in Denny Triangle. And check out my interview with Meg on the podcast last year to learn more about her personal health journey and the inspiration behind Bounty Kitchen. So I think it's important to like talk about it and talk about how entrepreneurs take care of themselves and like, but also kind of talk about how hard it is like being open about that and then letting everyone sort of do it in their own way, like not to feel a pressure to do a certain way. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm executive coach and lifestyle expert, Lara Dolch. And each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, mindset, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover new insights that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Hey, podcast listeners. Should I start saying, hey, women on the rise or hey, women on the rise? Would that be weird? (laughs) Anyway, I loved my conversation with Seattle fashion and photography entrepreneur Alexis Mira Damon this week. As a busy entrepreneur and crusader for women's empowerment, Alexis has a lot going on, but one thing shines through her belief that being true to who you are is the secret to success in business and in life. We'll get to that in a minute, but a quick update for you before that. I'm teaching my next free online workshop on Wednesday, February 13th. It's called Four Unconscious Stories Keeping You Feeling Tired and Lazy. There are four incredibly common unconscious stories that I see so many women, myself included, allow to run their lives and keep them from waking up every day with the power to take on their goals. If you're curious about what they are and how they might be standing in your way, then definitely visit lauradolch.com slash workshops to save your seat. That's lauradolch.com slash workshops. Okay, today we're talking about being true to yourself in work and life and surprise, the unconscious stories that sometimes get in the way of your making changes to be your best self. I call them unconscious stories. Some people call them limiting beliefs or self-sabotaging thoughts. Whatever you call them, the pain is real. But here's the good news. The research around mindset and behavior change is clear. Our beliefs create our thoughts. Our thoughts create our emotions. Our emotions create our actions. And our actions lead to our results. Always. Here's the rub, though. Sometimes we tell ourselves stories or think thoughts, without even realizing it. And those unconscious stories, as I said, run our lives and keep us from waking up with the power and motivation and confidence to take on our goals. Not cool, and definitely not what I want for you. So what's a woman on the rise to do? Well, 
The solution is maddeningly simple and maddeningly hard. Choose a new thought. Yep, you get to choose your thoughts. Here's an exercise I sometimes ask my clients to do. It's one that another coach asked me to do once, and it truly was transformative. Spend a week noticing your thoughts. Pay special attention to the negative thoughts that tell you you're not good enough, the doubts and roadblocks and fears your mind throws up when you're trying to make a change or step out of your comfort zone. Those little buggers are what we're after. Make a list of the most common doubt, roadblock, fear, not good enough thoughts. So for example, if you're trying to add more healthy habits into your life, your unconscious story might be, I have to do all the healthy things or it's not worth doing anything at all. Or for me right now, as I learn to speak Italian, I'll look stupid if I try to speak Italian, so I just won't say anything. And then next to each self-sabotaging thought write down a new thought. Using my healthy habits example, that new thought might be, I can add one small thing into my day at a time. I don't have to do everything at once. Or with my learning Italian example, my new thought could be, I don't have to have a whole conversation right out of the gate. I'll just practice a few phrases for now. Work your way down your list, replacing each unconscious and probably negative story or thought with a new thought. Write them next to each other so you can see the shift in writing. You can even cross out the old thought and write the new one next to it. Then keep that piece of paper somewhere. You'll see it every day. Read through your new thoughts each morning or each evening and tune into how you feel when you think them. Retraining your brain to think new, more supportive thoughts takes time, but it works. And if you're skeptical, dig around online for positive psychology research or listen to my interview on the podcast with Dr. Sasha Hines from last year called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. I'll put a link in the show notes. Today, I'm talking to Alexis Mira Damon. Alexis is the founder of Alexis Mira, a clothing brand and platform that celebrates women through stories, photography, and empowering graphic t-shirts that get designed in collaboration with trailblazing ladies. In her free time, you can find her sweating through a challenging workout, traveling with her husband, or reading one of the three books she's trying to finish all at once. We talked about the challenges of managing a business while also making time for self-care, the doubts or unconscious stories that sometimes get in the way of making clear decisions about work and life, the connection between passion, entrepreneurship, and feeling like your most authentic you, and the honest conversation that all entrepreneurs should be having about self-care. Enjoy the interview. So Alexis, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And we just recently <laughs> met, like, which is so funny. Like, you know, like literally we met like the week before. We're yeah. Working. Like last week. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. <laughs> Thank like, you. Sure, I mean, it was great fun. working with you to take the photos for my line. That was awesome. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Those are so fun. And, and I love what you're doing. And we're going to talk more about that. I just, you know, it's funny because I always leave a few slots open in each season of the podcast, because I do meet such interesting women like all the time. So yeah, let's start with, Thank you. you know, I absolutely, but yeah, you know, you mentioned in, in the bio that you sent me, you mentioned that you um, can often be found sweating through a challenging workout. So I'm going to just guess yeah. that like exercise is part of your self-care thing. Has, has exercise always been part of your life? Yeah, more or less. I, I mean, I definitely in like 
as a young kid and like in high school and stuff, I was definitely more of like an athlete. Like I played field hockey and tennis, like that kind of thing. Um, for sure in college, I probably dropped off that a little bit. I mean, it was more of like, I went to school in New York city. So it was like, all right, where's the next party kind of thing. (laughs) Um, but then when I got, you know, a little bit more into my twenties, I would say like mid twenties, I really got back into, um, fitness again and started doing a lot more like group classes and that sort of thing. So yeah, I really like that, like group training kind of setting. I do a lot of like boot camps, um, that kind of thing, occasionally yoga, but I, I like the more, I know yoga is intense, but I like the workouts where like in the moment I'm like, yeah, this is intense, you know? But yeah. And then I also got really heavy into working out because my, before I did a rebrand for my line, Alexis Mira, like it's like last year, my line was actually an activewear line. So a lot of my like business development was like going into different studios and like wearing my clothes and like seeing people and talking to studios about doing pop-ups, like that kind of thing. So I got even more into fitness then, which I totally enjoyed it. Like I've always really been into that kind of thing. So it just works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just being in that fitness studio environment. Yeah, totally. Well, and you know, I'm curious when you, when you said that you kind of circled back to fitness, was there something, was there kind of a turning point that caused you to go back to it? Um, I think it was mainly just like wanting to be more healthy and like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate in college. It's like, you just have fun. And like, you know, there's like the whole freshman 15 and all that, you know? So I was just like, when I got into my twenties, like probably around like 24, 25, I was like, all right, you know, I think I kind of need to start turning this around, like be more healthy. Am I like, I had like lower back pain. I was like, okay, I'm too young for this. Like I need to get back to, you know, exercising and taking care of myself that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The the lower back pain. I totally, I can so relate to that. Although I had one of those moments, like, you know, much later, like, you know, in my early forties and I was still like, I'm too Mm -hmm. young for this. This is not okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure it was also a combination of like, you know, in your young twenties, you finish college and you start working, you know, in the real world and you're sitting at a desk for the first time for eight hours a day. So I'm sure that that all contributed a little bit to that lower back pain, but yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to get back into it. And when I started to, it just kind of built from there, I think, because I was always like pretty, I would say pretty athletic as a a kid. So yeah. What have you noticed since you, in terms of the way that you show up in your life and in your work, since you added it back in, what have you noticed anything? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I feel better physically. I feel better, like mentally, emotionally, like I'm much more like, like on the days that I work out, I, I'm more of like a morning workout person because I work out at night. I feel like really energized and it's hard for me to sleep. So I typically work out in the morning and like the days that I do work out, I feel so much more like focused and energized throughout the day. And like, I feel better about myself. Like for me, it's not about the way I look. It's more about like just kind of maintaining my health and feeling good about myself, like internally sort of, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not trying to like you know, become a certain shape or like that kind of thing, just kind of maintain. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel way more like clear and focused and calm and just ready to take on the day, I think, and more energized. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's a confidence piece in there too. Like, is that for just, sure? That yeah. Resonate? Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's right. I hear that a lot too. Yeah. And it actually makes me think about like just thinking, you know, big picture what does mm-hmm. being well mean to you at this point in your career and life? I think there were some clues in what we just talked about, but what does being well mean to you? Yeah. Um, for me, I think being well is just making sure that you're, I mean, 
I guess like making sure that you're feeling good about who you are. And like, it's not necessarily that you need to fit into a certain mold or vision or that kind of thing. It's just being the best you can be and that being okay for you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that's, um, you know, as someone who has started a number of businesses and is running, you know, doing your own thing, it's not surprising mm-hmm. for me to hear you say that, that, you know, just being well is being who you are is what I heard you say. Yeah. Like I think, I think that's super important just to like be happy with who you are. And I definitely think it, for the most part, for me personally, like I, I think I'm pretty happy with who I am, but then there are definitely moments not related specifically to me personally, but maybe related to career or my business or that kind of thing where like, I constantly feel like there needs to be more or I'm not doing enough or it needs to be bigger or better or that kind of thing. So I kind mm-hmm. of always have to sort of pull myself back and be like, all right, slow down. Like you're doing a good job. <laughs> you don't have to like do it all today. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's always a, it's a, it's always a challenge when you're passionate about what you do. Like it's a, you know, like we all want that, right. We all want to be passionate about what we do. And at the same time, it can drive mm-hmm. you in a way that feels I think, um, chaotic sometimes. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think sometimes for me also the passion is like, it's because it's my own and I own it. And, you know, like I said before, my line has sort of evolved and gone through a rebrand where it was like activewear and now I'm focusing more on like graphic tees and offering photography and that kind of thing. And like, for me, it's like the passion is in like building something of my own and, I mean, now I definitely feel more passionate about what it actually is, but it's always kind of been finding what exactly it is. I don't know if that makes sense. And you it kind does, of pursue yeah. and, you, and you pivot and you evolve and yeah. And then it sort of starts to come together and you're like, ah, oh, this is what I think I was trying to do initially. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, so, it yeah. Again, because you change. I mean, that's been my experience too, you know, as you know. Totally. I, yeah, I, totally. I feel like I'm always in some kind of evolution and uh yeah but it also sounds like really a lot of that it's all connected to that sense of well-being right I mean it's you seeking what feels most authentic to you totally yeah for sure and I definitely think as a small business owner I mean I'm not sure if everyone as a small business owner can relate but it's like your business does evolve as you evolve because you are so much a part of what it is. Like it's an extension of you which also makes it very hard because it's you you know um Mm -hmm. But yeah, 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 definitely. What's something you wish someone had told you about starting a business before you started one? Um, don't do it. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> I get it. It's hard. Okay, it's it's hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I don't regret any of it. I'm so happy for like everything I've done and so much I've learned. Like, even if I just think back, like if I would have stayed at my job in, I think I left my full-time job in 2015. I just like think back, like, oh, I would have been sitting in that cubicle and like just doing the same thing over and over. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like there's something great about that too, because you know, you're getting paid every month and like, you're like, all right, great. I got benefits and all this. But yeah, I've just like grown and learned so much through the process of even just figuring out how to do it. I mean, of course there were parts that I knew what to do in terms of like creating a product. I, I, my background is in like product development and apparel. So I knew how to like create the product and get it manufactured and produce it and all of that. But I didn't really know how to like market it. Like I had no idea how to use social media marketing and all of that. So yeah, I think one thing, one of the things I, I say when people ask me this is make sh- like a tip of advice is like, make sure you're asking the right people, the questions that you have don't go to 
someone who is more of like a financial person and ask them something about like social media marketing or like just be sure you're asking the right people the right questions because I feel like sometimes things can get kind of cloudy and you're not really sure like which point of advice you should be following. And then, you know, also to filter things that people say to you, because a lot of people are going to start trying to tell you things that you should do or shouldn't do, or like it's this and it's that. And like, you kind of at the end of the day need to like digest that information and like make your own decision. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. And that's, I think that's such great advice. I mean, especially I'll just say as a marketer, especially with marketing, everyone thinks that they can do marketing. Most people don't understand that marketing is a, is a, a skill oh, and a trade like yeah. everything else that you have to learn. And they're, you know, and um, it's why, you know, like I, I teach marketing at the University of Washington. There's a reason there are mm-hmm. students there wanting to learn about it. But the problem is everyone has an opinion about it and it can be very easy to get sucked un, up into that and not listen to your instinct as the business owner. I think that's right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and everyone has something to say and, and a lot of people have great things to say, but you also need to just sort of filter it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It remind, there's a, um, just for anyone who is resonating with that right now, uh, a business coach that I've worked with, Tara McMullen has a podcast called what works and her whole perspective mm-hmm. is, you know, business owners giving advice, like, but also saying, this is what worked for me. Right. Which is different from saying, Mm -hmm. this is what you should do. (laughs) Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's different for everyone. And I think like as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to think out of the box and just like be a problem solver with each thing that comes your way. And it might not be the same for everything or for every business, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, talking about all this, obviously there are a lot of moving parts and in your business and in everyone else's business. How do you juggle taking care of your needs with taking care of your business's needs? Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I learned my lesson with that. And actually, that's one of the reasons why last spring, I I actually took a break from my business for a while, which is when I decided to stop doing the activewear. And then, you know, after taking the break, I is when I, you know, after a few months decided to do the whole rebrand. But um, yeah, that's, really hard. I mean, I definitely put a huge emphasis on waking up and getting straight to work. And like, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, it's like six in the morning and I'm here and answering emails. Like I haven't even showered or anything like that, you know? Um, but I think I've become a little bit better about trying to take care of my needs or focusing on taking care of my needs as well. Like just, uh, making sure that I'm giving myself time to just, even sometimes just like sit and just do nothing even if it's for like five minutes just like sit in a chair and like look out the window even and then of course like the exercising and like making sure that I make plans with friends or that like my husband and I make plans to do stuff versus just going at it all the time with work yeah yeah it's definitely a hard I'm sure many of your listeners and you can also relate like it's a hard balance for sure because you're so passionate about it and you know that it's you don't do it. Like if you don't do the work, it's not going to get done. So you just kind of constantly feel like you have to be doing something. (laughs) What have you noticed since you sort of shifted a little bit to, you know, kind of paying more attention to your needs? What have you noticed about the way that you show up in your work? Um, I think that I try to be a little bit more strategic and like focused in each thing that I'm doing, like set specific days, like, okay, today I'm going to do X, Y, Z, or maybe there's like one big thing I want to do that day. And the rest of the day, I'm going to do some lighter things, but I'm not like so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I've been a bit better about trying to schedule stuff because I'm trying to really keep it. So it's, you know, during the week, I mean, I work on the weekend sometimes, but there was one point with my business where I was just like 
24 seven, like not 24 seven hours. I slept like I'm a person who needs to sleep. I go to bed early, wake up early, that kind of thing. But it was like every day I was just like getting up and going straight to my computer, like even on the weekend at like six in the morning. So I've just tried to kind of realize that I can answer the email tomorrow or like that can wait until next week. It doesn't have to happen today, you know? Yeah. 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 There's something, I think it's called, I think it's called Parkinson's law that it's the idea that um, tasks fill up the space or the time that we allow for them. Right. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say is like, as you take care of your needs, it gives your, you know, maybe slightly less time to your business's needs, but you're becoming more focused around what needs to happen. Right. Because the tasks can only expand to a certain um, amount of time now, like you've re- decreased the amount of time that you're giving to it. And so you just make it work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then also I think being a new, a new entrepreneur before, like I, felt like I had to do everything at once. And like, I wanted to, what, what's that expression? Like burn the candle at both ends or something. I don't know what the expression is exactly, but it's like, I, you know, didn't realize that it's better actually to take a step back and be a little bit more strategic about like each part that you want to work on so that you really focus on it and you can find ways to make it worthwhile and to help grow your business versus just being like, I'm going to get everything I can get right now just to get it. So it's like doing something, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I've definitely become a lot more like that too. Like if there's something that I'm working on and I think about it, I'm like, wait, is this really going to help me right now? Like, do I need to do this now? Or can I leave this for a while? Like, or even like budget things, like, should I put my budget towards this? Because is it going to make me money right now? Or is it like not really something, not that it's just about, you know, the making money part, but it's like that kind of thing, like that kind of mindset. I think I've learned that through like running my business and being like, wait, I need to step back a second and like figure out the best next step, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of mindset, actually, I have this thing about this idea or this concept around what I call unconscious stories. So what I mean by that is, you know, mm-hmm. the stories that we tell ourselves about being well or being successful or, you know, whatever, that these stories mm-hmm. sometimes keep us from even trying to do those things, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have mm-hmm. any sort of unconscious stories that show up for you around, Again, whether it's being well or your business or when you're starting something new, any any sort of self-sabotaging stories that you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I'm more of the type of person that like is like a just do it kind of person, like just get started. So I think that prevents me from getting too much into that mindset of like, I can't do this because I just like start. And then as you start, you kind of go through the steps versus like having this big old plan and being like, wait, I'm never going to get there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely like a, or like I just do stuff and then and sometimes it's a little too impulsive and I have to step back and be like wait that was a mistake <laughs> um <laughs> but so I don't really think I fall into like the all or nothing like thinking that there's all or nothing but I definitely have like doubts about the way I'm doing something sometimes like if it's the right move or or sometimes my entire business as a whole I'm like am I like is this really worth it like am I going to be busting my ass forever and like not making enough money to like sustain it. Like, cause you know, as you have, if you have a business, you make money, it goes back into the business, especially if it's like a product based business, because it's not like a service where I'm getting paid for the service and just taking the money. I mean, of course there's operating expenses and all that, but it's like, I also have to pay to make the product. So there's the money that goes into that, you know, and then you make the money, it has to go back in and all that. So yeah, I definitely have doubts where I'm like, okay, is this worth it mm-hmm. for sure? But then I think about all the things that I really love about the business, which at the end of the day, it's funny because it's not even really about like the product necessarily. It's like all the things I learn. It's that I get to meet so many amazing people because I think having a business like 
it forces you to just like put yourself out there and like you sort of, you know, you kind of become the face of your business and it's like, you just meet new people. And it's, I don't know. I like that part. Like I like, yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense. Right well, now. <laughs> and I love, I actually love what you said earlier about, you know, the fact that you just do things and see what happens because I think, you know, mm-hmm. often we fall into this trap of perfectionism. Right. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, it has to be exactly right before I take the first step or I have to be, you know, a hundred it's, well, it's similar to the all or nothing, you know, concept, right? Like I have to be mm-hmm. all in or I'm all out. And I think that, mm-hmm. I think that's great actually that you, cause the whole experimenting, what, again, whether it's with business or with health or anything else, like if you can slip into that experimentation mindset where, yeah, sometimes you're going to screw up and be like, wait, that didn't mm-hmm. work but at least mm-hmm. you're trying and you're iterating and you're getting closer to the solution that's going to work for you again, whether it's with business or health or anything else. I, I think that's great. Yeah, definitely. I'm all for like kind of start and iterate, start and iterate. Like even if it's a new idea within your business, just like start it because if you spend so much time on it and it's not something that actually gains traction, it's like you've spent all that time without even knowing if it's, there's a demand for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I would say the same thing, you know, like with the women that I coach around issues related to mind body health, I would say the same thing. Like you're not going to know what works for you until you try a bunch of things. It's just the nature mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. You, know, you have to sort of experiment and iterate with that too. I think that's great. Yeah. So, you know, your clothing brand and your online platform celebrates women. I love this celebrates women through stories, photography, and what I think are super cool graphic tees. I love them. Um, so, Thank you know, you. You're, yeah, you're obviously a crusader for women's empowerment. Where do you think the self-care conversation fits into the women's empowerment conversation? Hmm, good question. Um, I mean, I think the whole conversation about women and, you know, creating a community and sticking together and like helping each other, being better together and all of that. Like, I think, the self-care goes into that because, you know, if you want to be better and sort of show up in the community or show up for yourself or show up for your business, like you need to make sure that you're showing up for yourself, I guess. I mean, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but make sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself so that you can offer or deliver or, you know, give and, and, um, you know, the best of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense. I totally agree. Yeah, well, and also, you know, thinking about, you know, as a woman leader or, you know, business owner, however you want to, however you sort of frame that for yourself, do you feel like uh, successful women have a responsibility to other women to kind of, you know, be self-care role models? And I use the term self-care broadly, obviously, I'm not just talking about yeah. know, fitness and... I mean, to a certain degree, I, I think it's important to be a role model in that regard. But I also think like self-care looks different for everyone. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that like women should feel a certain level of like pressure to be like, you know, working out five times a week or like making smoothies or I mean, that's what I think yeah. of when I think self-care right now, but of course self-care also like, I like to do face masks sometimes. And like, yeah. I try to give myself time to do that. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel good now. My skin, you know, working on my skin, you know? Um, so <laughs> Yeah, I think it looks different for everyone. So I think it's important to like talk about it and talk about how entrepreneurs take care of themselves and like, but also kind of talk about how hard it is like being open about that and then letting everyone sort of do it in their own way, like not to feel a pressure to do a certain way. Totally. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that it can backfire when, again, it kind of ties back into that perfectionism thing. Like we see 
all of these women on Instagram who look like they, they're, you know, sort of always yeah. eating perfect things or, you know, running six times a week or, you know, whatever it is. And we think that that's the mm-hmm. way we have to do it too. And, and that's what I'm talking about, like the experimentation thing, right? Like you got to figure out what works for you and it's not going to look like what works for someone else. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I definitely work out a lot, but there's some weeks where I'm like, you know what? I'm tired and I don't want to wake up at five in the morning. So I'm going to take a whole week off. Like, I think it's important to do that. And like, just um, going back to a little bit about what you were just saying about like Instagram and like wellness and that kind of thing. With my activewear line, like when I decided to take a break from it last spring, it was like something about wellness and Instagram and how it became this like blown up thing. And I, I felt like it was not really real. Like I was like, I know like, yeah, people are, you know, it's great. People are into wellness. They're working out, they're exercising, but like, they're only showing one facet of their life. Like yeah. I was, you know, thinking like, I imagine that you don't only eat smoothie or drink smoothies. And like, <laughs> I know myself, like I like to work out and I like to wear my like printed leggings and work out for my line and that kind of thing. But like, I also like cheeseburgers and I like wine. And like, I just felt like I was getting stuck into this, like, I don't know, like a box. And I was like, I wanted to like kind of break out of it and be like a little bit disruptive and be like, okay, what really is balance? Because this is not real. Like this is not sustainable, you know? Yeah, totally. um, Not that I have any problems with the term like wellness or anything like that. Like, I think it's great. Like, I think it's great to be well and all that, you know, it's just, it just looks different for everyone. Totally. And it's such a, <laughs> it's such a broad term, you know, it's like, everyone defines it differently. And I guess that's sort of the point, right? Is like understanding that it, you can define it however you want. And that's totally Mm -hmm. great. As long as you feel, you know, sort of back to what you were talking about at the beginning, as long as you feel authentically you and, you know, and again, that means lots of different things too. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So just to wrap things up, what are, what are three things that you can't live without when it comes to self-care, whether it's products or habits or mindsets or apps or whatever. You mentioned face masks, for example. I love that. Is there anything mm-hmm. else that you especially love? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love face masks. I mean, I don't do it like every day, but it's probably like once a week. Um, and then I think for me that self-care is like, I need time like alone. I, I mean, I love seeing people and I, 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 you know, get a buzz off of like being with groups and like hanging out and meeting new people and that kind of thing. But then there's like, I can only do that for a certain amount of time. And then I'm like, okay, I need some time to just like not engage and to like not be on, you know? So for me, that's, that's kind of like a self-care thing for me. Yeah. In terms of like mindsets, I think generally I try to, I would say I'm more of like a problem solver. So if I, if I have a problem or if someone like tells me about a problem, my like go-to instinct is to be like, all right, well, what do we need to do about it? How can we, how can we solve it? We can do this, this, and this, or we can do that, that, and that, which, which is most of the time pretty good. I think sometimes for some people, they want to just like hear you to hear them and like, you know, understand and relate to them versus like telling them how they can solve it. So that can be tricky with others sometimes. Um, But for me, like mindset, I guess is just like, look ahead and like know that like if something's hard at the moment like everything changes over time and like you know you're gonna get past it and even if you look back to like a month from today you're like oh yeah there was that thing that I was like stressed about and now it's like nothing you know yeah yeah, um so that's kind of like a a mindset thing for me I think um and then yeah I guess 
those are, I, I need to give you a third one, right? No, <laughs> you get whatever, whatever feels good. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's great. I think those are all really great. And especially the mindset one. I, mean, I think that's um, a good reminder for all yeah. of us that, you know, this too shall pass as it were, you know, whether it's a great thing yeah. or a not so great thing, you know, life is, that's just the way things go. For sure. Yeah. And then of course, in terms of like self-care, there's like the exercise thing. Like if I don't exercise for too long, I start to get kind of grunt, uh, grumpy. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, <sure> that happens. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like last week was one of those weeks yeah. for me and I'm like, uh, I definitely noticed a difference. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. So where can people learn more about you and your work? Um, I have my website, which is alexismira.com. It's A-L-E-X-I-S and then M-E-R-A.com. And then also I have my uh, Instagram is alexismira.nyc um, and also on Facebook at alexismira. Great. Thank you so much, Alexis. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. If you're ready now to wake up with the energy, clarity, and confidence to take on your goals, visit lauradolch.com slash women on the rise to get a few resources I pulled together just for Women on the Rise listeners. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit lauradolch.com slash podcast. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. It's a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Thank you.